Welcome to Waiting for Review, the show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. And I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, so before we get started, just a quick piece of housekeeping. We'd very much like to invite you to our Slack channel for the show. Our hope is that lots of iOS developers and other developers can come and get to know one another and help each other out. Information on that will be provided in our show notes, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter at WFR Podcast. Also, reviews are greatly appreciated and can help us reach even more like-minded developers. So if you would be kind enough to take the time to review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. Or if you're an Overcast user, hitting the star button to recommend us also really helps. Thanks. So, Dave, this episode, um, we wanted to talk about our um, conversion rates on our apps in terms of things like impressions and views to units. Um, and the business models that we have for our apps. And we also wanted to look at um, the new search ads and that side of things a little. Um, I know that you've been looking into that perhaps a little deeper than I have um, this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found that? Uh, what's what, what have you found sort of as you've looked into search ads for your apps? Uh, so I started out with the $100 credit, which I think, roughly translated into 76 or 77 pounds, I think, once it had been converted. Yeah. Um, which kind of made me wonder why we're paying almost dollar prices for our Apple products. They just changed the currency <laughs> symbol, but that's maybe another discussion. <laughs> yeah. So I've split it out into two campaigns. So I've got one for Armchair, my remote control for Cody, and I've got one for Space Readers, my app to help kids learn to read. Yeah. So I've given them £25 each and a maximum daily budget of £5 a day. Okay. So I should I should get like a five-day campaign out of it, assuming that it uses the maximum budget each day. Yeah. Um, so what I found a little bit frustrating is that Apple didn't provide any data for a suggested bid amount. Whereas yep. if, if, you, if you were to go with AdWords, you would say research a keyword to see how many people are searching for it, and then it would give you a suggested bid amount. And yep. then you can kind of gauge whether you think that's going to be worth it, not worth it, etc. So I just set everything to a pound for my bid for each thing. Um, yeah. And I did that on an ad group level. So I've got a couple of ad groups within each of my campaigns. And then once I can have a bit more data and see what's going on in terms of impressions, conversions, etc. I can then take a view on raising or lowering that on a keyword level. Yeah. Um, so results so far, space readers, I've had two impressions so far. Um, and it's been going, I think I'm in my third, fourth day now. Right. Which Now that indicates to me that putting in a one pound bid per tap is not enough in that space. Yeah. When you say impressions, is that people all the way through from searching in the app store to looking at your your app's page? Or is that just an impression of it showing in the search results? That's just a, a an ad impression in the search results. Wow, okay. So, so that, that basically means that my bids of a pound are not enough to win the auction system. For the keywords that they're in? For the keywords that I'm going after. Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me when when I you know you think about it in common sense terms because it's uh, 
kind of the educational space, which is quite busy. Yep. And I'm going after things like uh, phonics, um, learn to read, sight words, um, things like that. And high yep. frequency words is another one because that's kind of the whole point of the app is is that it teaches um, kids to recognize high frequency words by the shape the word makes. Yep. Um, so it, it has been hard to to get impressions on that. I think I'm going to have to throw more money at it, to be perfectly honest, if I want to, A, get the impressions, and then B, hope they convert. So yep. that's um, that's going to need a bit more of a budget, I feel. I'm going to let it play out over the weekend. Um, so then I've got you know, a decent amount, of, well, not a decent amount of data, but some data. Yep. Um, and then take a view of it this coming week. Um, armchair's been a bit better. Yep. So that's been using the full budget each day so far. Um, obviously, Space Readers hasn't spent a penny, so I've, I've still got my full budget left for that campaign. Um, yeah. But Armchair, I'm spending about £5 a day, give or take. Um, my average cost per impression is currently... Not impression, sorry. Cost per conversion or per acquisition. So what it costs yep. me to get a user through the ad system is 68 pence. Okay. So that's worked out over 40 taps, which got 17 conversions. Right. Uh, and that's over 598 impressions. So the impressions are where they're showing up in the search results. Yep. Yeah, and then the page views are then when they've gone down from that search result and had a look. Yep. And then you've got installations after that. Yep. Yeah. And this is an app that is is monetized by in-app purchase, isn't it? So they have to be installed through the door and then by your in-app purchase to give you money. Exactly. So those 17 people that downloaded it are not necessarily going to turn into a paid user. Yeah. So this could be costing me money at this point. Um, And your your current conversion rate, do you know, um, sort of from um, installations versus... Uh, in-app purchases yeah I'm at, about, I'm at about four percent right and so at that rate the 17 through the door there are not going to pay you back for the 68p no so i did a bit of maths on the back of a napkin so um of the 17 that downloaded it so far which in total has cost me 11 pounds 60 yep um so four percent of 17 is 0.68 yep um so that means that 0.68 people are likely to unlock it. Yeah. I've sort of in-app purchase to unlock the app. Yeah. So that's less than one person. Um, and I'm currently charging two ninety nine to unlock the app, of which yep. the proceeds I get are one pound seventy four. <laughs> that's before we think about tax and. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's feeling very much like a, a, a it's, negative it's upside, money it's upside down. Yeah. yeah, it's totally upside down. Yeah, um, which I don't think is is an awful thing to find out you know i mean you've got the free credit and even without the free credit i would say it's worth putting a bit of money behind it just to sort of see what what works and what doesn't um but yeah this this needs a different plan of attack i think to to sort of be viable doesn't it it's there are a couple of keywords that are sort of eating my budget yeah and there are other keywords that are still getting a reasonable amount of taps impressions conversions that are not eating so much of my budget so i could potentially kill off the ones that are costing me a lot per tap 
Yep. Um, that are quite broad. Um, but even if I factor that in, the numbers are still upside down, but just not not as much. Yep. So it's not like that's going to cure the situation at all. Um, so I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bit disappointing. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Um, um, I need I, to be I, charging a lot more to unlock the app to to make it worthwhile. And that yeah. that's that then becomes a harder sell. Your conversion rate goes down as well. Um, this is a, a very tricky sort of tightrope there. I think it really is. Yeah. Um, I've I've found quite similar. Um, as I sort of explored this with with my two apps, with with my video mixing app, um, actually with my three apps, I have my iMessage app in there for good good measure as well. So I have my video mixing app Go VJ, I had my um, holograph hologram creation app Holovid, um, and I have my sticker app Stickerbot, and I did sort of several campaigns, um, sort of three um, for for each one, and, and like yourself, I had different sort of word groups inside there as well. Um, I don't have the figures in front of me, but I found very, very similar sort of results in terms of the conclusion, which is this is going to cost me money rather than, um, than make me money. It's, it's a sort of, um, pay to play kind of thing, which, which is the wrong way around. Um, so I've, I've turned it all off. I sort of, I did, I think I've I spent about maybe 30 or 40 pounds out of the, um, credit, um, ran it for two or three days and I've backed away from it for the moment um, because it didn't didn't seem like it was working in the right way. And part of that, I think, is that I was perhaps doing it wrong. You know, very similar to yourself, I had a couple of um, broad keywords that were eating the budget. And there might be, you know, something in there in terms of going for the um, lower volume but higher converting keywords that are cheaper. Um but actually, it's made me made me look at other things. Um, so I'm actually considering some some other things with with how I advertise and promote um, my sort of two main apps. The iMessage app I'm kind of leaving alone for the moment. It's it's been quite um, unsuccessful in a lot of ways. Um, but um, yeah, it's led me to looking in terms of outside of the app store and. Um, looking at, at um, Google AdWords and that end of stuff um, and considering is, is there something I can do there to sort of better drive traffic through to, to both of my apps there. Um, I don't know if you've been looking in a sort of similar direction, Dave. I have. Um, and I, I was, before we recorded today, I was doing a bit of keyword research within AdWords and for armchair, I can be getting a lot better value for money. Yeah. To the point where I, it would definitely be profitable, I think. Right. If I could drive enough through it, the, the cost per keyword, uh, no, cost per click, sorry, um, is substantially less. Yeah. So I think that might be might be a good avenue to explore. Again, um, I've got a £75 credit there with Google yep. AdWords, which you know, they tend to give you when you first start out. So I'm going to sort of run the same experiment on AdWords and then sort of put them against each other in terms of profitability. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, people are searching within Google for what I offer, so it does make sense. And with AdWords, you can add some cool extensions to your um, to your advert now. Yep. Um, so that might help as well in terms of making it 
helping your conversion rate to make the ad be more appealing to someone looking for an iOS app and then yeah. it can link them through to the app store. So there's potential there. I, th- I think you've you've just got to try these things. Uh, yes. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit sad that search ads hasn't worked and I'm curious as to how they might. They obviously do work for other people yep. because it exists. Therefore, it must work. Otherwise, if it didn't work for people, people wouldn't use it and it would not exist. Um, well i'm I'm cynical enough to to argue that at the moment the only people it really has to work for is apple okay Okay. yeah and it's so much in its infancy still um that you know that's sort of paying to play kind of vibe with it um that's that's giving apple money isn't it so yeah i think it's possible to make it work um and it must be working for some people um but primarily it's got to work for Apple here. Yeah. If I was if I had a paid app and I was getting the numbers that I was getting, I think yeah. you know, it would roughly work out. But the fact is it's a free app and then I'm relying on a subset of those people to use the in-app purchase. That's where it falls down. Yep. Um, which has got me thinking into a load more different things um, regarding armchair, which maybe we'll get into in a little bit. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it it must maybe I'd I'd love to know who search ads is working for, um, and how their business models differ to ours. Yeah, maybe maybe there's there's some info in there that could could help help with this. Um, I guess if you're you know a new app with a load of VC money, and yep. your primary goal is just to get users no matter what even if you're doing it at a loss, because then the users kind of become your product and you can therefore sell it to, you know. Yeah, just getting big... people through the front door. Yeah, um, I can see how that could work. Yeah, because absolutely I saw um, a lot of impressions um, when I when I turned it on. You know, it was like I said, it was like turning on a tap for sort of getting in people's, in people's um, search results. Um, but... Um, yeah, you've got to have the, the the app where that sort of works, you know, and and it's the next steps really that are, are crucial. Obviously, you can get it in front of people, but you've got to get them onto that 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 next bit of actually installing the app, and then all the way down the funnel. Yeah. So, Dave, in the first section of this show, we sort of you alluded to um, that you're considering some pricing model, business model changes, and some changes within your app itself um in terms of the information you've sort of seen back from from doing the search results it's kind of triggered off um a bit of an idea there uh is that something that you could expand a little more on yeah like you said it does kind of dovetail in really with what we've what we've just been talking about so for a little while now and you may remember from a previous show i i've been trying to improve my retention rate Uh, my last update was to try and make the app more usable without people having to use the in-app purchase. So if they chose, you know, I don't don't want to pay, thanks very much, the app still can work for them. It's just not as as slick as it might otherwise be. Um, An interesting um, data point for me is that my active monthly users is almost the same as my monthly new users, um, which is kind of worrying in that sense because that means people aren't sticking around. Yeah. So I, I want to be doing as much as I can to get people to stick around. 
So part of what I've been thinking about is why why are the people leaving? So I've kind of distilled it down to two things in my head. First of all, the app has a paywall. That could be number one. Yeah. Um, so like I say, while I've released a version of the app recently to make it more usable for those not wanting to pay, my suspicion is that that is perhaps not enough. The other part of it is the kind of onboarding of users and the initial setup. Yep. So without going too deep down the rabbit hole, the um, the app is a remote control for Kodi, which is a home theater um, system. So in order for my app to work and connect, make a connection to the user's Kodi installation, there are a few levers that have got to be pulled in Kodi. Um, if they're not pulled correctly, the app will never work. It just won't connect. Right. Um, hence, a lot of my one-star reviews are along the lines of rubbish will not connect or broken can't connect. Right. So I've tried to make it um, you know, reasonably clear throughout the, the app and throughout my website. Um, I've got a support page all about it that you have to follow these steps in the settings of Kodi. You've got to flick a couple of switches and then that will expose Kodi to be connected to. Yep. Um, but again, I suspect my efforts are, are not enough. So if you kind of weave those two things together, the fact that some people can't get it to connect and the app also has a paywall, I, I think if I were to sort those two issues out, I, I could improve my retention rate dramatically yeah um, so, so you've got some you've got some friction there and the, your, your next job really does sound like you need to reduce that friction i think so yeah and it would be nice to remove the paywall um and have all the features available out of the box as well because that's almost that the unlocked version of the app is the app i want everyone to be able to use because that is the best version of the app i wish everyone could have that yep so on a personal level, it would make me quite happy to know that all of my users are getting all of the features. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, but I think I need to do a much better job of onboarding, um, perhaps within the app, guiding users through the initial setup. Yeah. Uh, maybe including like a little demo of how to prep their Kodi installation to be connectable through a remote control. Yeah. Um, and then possibly possibly pursue a route of using ads to kind of offset the whole making all the features free out of the box. Right. Um, so I'm considering introducing ads with an in-app purchase to remove them, um, but also throw in some extra what I would call premium features yep. to, sweeten, to sweeten the deal. Because I'm not sure just saying pay this to remove ads will be enough i need think something people, that's a little bit more motivational there than, yeah than... and not only that if people never choose to unlock or upgrade to a, a you know the premium version of the app let's call it um that's fine because they're still actually helping my income just by using the app yeah um albeit probably not as much as if they were to pay <laughs> to upgrade but that's 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 cool um, I'm not sure whether to consider a subscription model. Um, yeah. I know we talked about it briefly offline um, about 
maybe offering a subscription model then with a slightly higher priced one-time purchase to go premium yeah which i hadn't thought about i thought that's quite an interesting idea yeah it's something i've been considering um with with my own apps um although i'm, I'm not sure exactly where I'm, I'm landing on that just yet but is that sort of sense of going okay it's this much to unlock for life you know which could be a reasonably high figure like you know for example you're talking maybe 899 um in pounds yeah um However, you could have have the the premium version at two or three pounds a month subscription, and I think there's a bit of logic there to sort of say, you know, you you can you can kind of try without paying that full amount. Um, but equally, if somebody does use it all the time um, and they're a couple of months into using it, then they want to consider buying it for life because that'll save them money in the longer run as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I do wonder if that might actually be quite a good option for my um, for my video mixing app longer term. Um, yeah. No, you might have a point there. I mean, for me, the reason I was thinking about ads is that if over time I would hope that my monthly regular users would increase. If I'm yep. removing those two pain points, i.e. the initial setup and the paywall, my monthly regular users would increase, therefore, hopefully over time, so with the ad revenue. Yep. Um, and I suppose those willing to pay to remove the ads also. So I, I think that could be a, a like a healthy business model in that as more people join and then hopefully stick around, the app then becomes more profitable, therefore more sustainable. I can justify more time adding features to it. Because there's a ton of features I want to add, like you would yep. believe. i've got a list as long as your arm of stuff i want to do with it um it's just hard to justify sinking too much time into it at the moment especially with life the way it is um outside of my ios development um but whichever way i cut it at the moment looking at it i get one pound 74 proceeds from apple um on a 2.99 in-app purchase at the moment that's obviously if the user pays in pounds yeah, paying different currencies, it gets chopped around a little bit differently. But let's just use that as the as the example. Um, yeah, whatever way I cut it, that's not really enough to justify much future development. Yeah, that makes me that makes me really sad. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to need to look at a higher cost for the in-app purchase, whether that be to remain as is or to be for the removal of ads, or to be like a premium subscription where you get a yeah. few extra bells and whistles, and obviously the removal of ads. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm weighing that up at the moment. I'd, I'd like to hear from other developers um, if they've got any data on percentages of users that are willing to remove ads for an in-app purchase, and if that differs at all from just a standard in-app purchase where you get more stuff. I'd yep. be very interested to see the see the breakdown on, on numbers there. I, I understand it'd be different for different apps, um, games especially. I would imagine it'd be very different to a more of a utility app. Yeah, the psychology is different. Yeah, I think so. But that's that's currently where I'm at. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that I can, if I were to introduce ads, that the ads would help in themselves, sort of fund the development of the app. Um, and you know, the, there might be there more of an incentive 
to remove ads for in and out purchase, especially if coupled with a few premium features. Yep. That's that's the hope. Cool. Well it's gonna be interesting to sort of see as you you make these tweaks and changes um as to whether you can sort of get those numbers up and get things you know where you want them to be. Um I think from from my side um with my own applications i've got some similar considerations going on at the moment um so i i wanted to to just sort of relay where i'm at with with my hologram app um holovid mm-hmm. so i'm actually a little worried about it because it was selling reasonably well um for a, a sort of hyper niche app you know you're talking about an application that is only useful for people who want to um, sort of simulate holograms on the top of their phones with these sort of little plastic um, projectors that they either make themselves um, out of things like acetate or CD cases sometimes are chopped up to make them um, or they buy them so that the app itself is is very very niche and I made it because it was fun um, and because I had um, some existing code that could kind of do it really well um, but it was it was selling relatively well. You're sort of talking around about um, a unit a day, um, which for being you know, that hyper niche, I was quite happy with it, certainly in terms of the sort of return on, on effort as well. Um, and so, yeah, that works out to anywhere around about 30, 30 sales a month. It's a paid upfront app. Um, and I'm making sort of similar to yourself with your in-app purchase. I'm making around about one pound seventy or so per per sale. So, you know, not not quit the day job money, but it was certainly paying its own way. Um, and that's dropped dramatically in in the last month or so. It's dropped down to sort of single digits. Um, so I'm not happy about this. I'd like to. I'd like to give it um, a go in trying to rescue where things are at. Um, and um, I've, I've had some some great customer feedback lately. I've got a guy out there who uses the application um, for sort of displaying things for his, his business. Um, he makes like customized um, mouthpieces for, for musical instruments. He takes videos of these things and, and, and then uses my app to sort of help project these videos on, on his stall and displays, um, which is, yeah, a a really random sort of use of the app. Um, so that's great. He gave me some feedback. He would really like to be able to export the videos out. He kind of wants to be able to use them as a sort of viral content thing and, and potentially use them with multiple other sort of, I guess maybe non iOS, non iOS devices. Um, and that's fine. You know, I have, at the moment it's live you load the video in it puts the video on sort of four sides so it can be used with these projectors um and some other functionality where you can try and drop the background based on how light or dark the video is you can use photos as well um what he would like is the ability to be able to export that video out so to the camera roll so the four-sided product yeah um and I've laid some groundwork over the last few months when I, I sort of upgraded the shared library that exists between that app and my video mixing app. Um, and I do have um, a basic recording mechanism inside there. So I just need to kind of wire it up, get it working and make sense of it in the app. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking that this is 
ultimately a sort of more premium feature to the app. And I'm also wondering if sort of going freemium is actually the, the better option. So being sort of free to install the app and have a play, um, but then providing an in-app purchase to unlock features like being able to export the video um, and potentially I, I may have like a watermark that appears otherwise. Yep. Um, and obviously yeah, the in-app purchase would remove that watermark. Um, and I've been wary to sort of leave the paid up front model behind because it was, like I say, I was reasonably happy with it for sort of the, the effort that was involved with the app um, and the fact that it was sort of giving a return. But with numbers this low now, um, I'm brave enough to try change. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so because it's That'd not be gonna <laughs> Yeah, it's not gonna hurt anything, you know? Yeah. Um so the risk here is that I go in at purchase and I either see everything just drop to the floor and that's it, and the app is effectively dead. Um and I don't manage to convert anything and it's just not worth updating it. Um or that it's successful. So I think I'm I'm happy to sort of give it a try. Equally, I could always back out the in-app purchase stuff and make it paid up front again if I wanted to. Um, That's true. You know, I would include the option to potentially, um, I, I, I don't know, with with that, um, what would happen is is that you would end up with those that have bought it um, for free before they would have the, the, the full app for nothing, if you like, afterwards. Um, whether or not I care about that would be another thing. So... The, the risk, I think, of going one way and then having to go the other is actually quite low with this app. Yeah. Again, especially with numbers that low, it's it's, it's, it's certainly in the realms for me to experiment. It's interesting, that kind of thought you just stumbled upon there. You know, numbers so low, you're, the fears are removed for trying yep. crazier, riskier things. I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same, really, with this whole um, thing with Armchair. Cause obviously, now I'm doing... A larger, a much larger part of my income overall now is when I'm doing web consultancy. Yeah. So Root Digital's income is now no longer dependent on Armchair being a success. Um, and it was never really, like you say, wasn't quit the day job money anyway. It was, it was kind of a nice little bump every month to, you know, yeah. help. But it, it's, it's, it was never like bread and butter kind of money. Um, so now I'm kind of okay with income for root digital through my web consultancy i'm i'm, I'm willing just to tr- take a few risks essentially yeah um, and it'd be, it might you never know they might they might pay off so the other thing to think about is maybe um app store trials now everything i've just said and um, my question to you really is is everything you've just said would that be the same if app store trials existed for the hologram app, absolutely. Um, okay. I think I, I would. I, I think it would be the same. I, I would carry on in in the way that I'm planning to do, um, simply because I don't think because it's such a, a niche and kind of faddy app. I don't think a trial will then lead to me converting any better. Right. Um, I, I think I need to catch people in the moment. Um, However, for the, the video mixing app, which is a, a, a VJ tool, and, and the aim of it is to be something that people use to fulfill um, something that they want to do, you know, mixing video live for, for events and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think the trials would be 
very, very useful because that could get the people through the door for nothing to see that they like the app, prove they can use it at whatever gig, um, and then come back and pay the proper money when they pr- prove that it's a useful tool to them. So sort of 50-50 for me, but it would suit my video mixing app very, very well. I don't yeah. think it would suit the other ones. I would entertain a paid up front for armchair if I could have a trial to run alongside yeah. it. Um, I would happily offer a fully unrestricted 30-day trial if if I could you know, do that. Uh, I'm looking at the you know, my dock on my Mac right now. Most of the, what I would call, you know, decent apps that I've got, um, that I've paid, you know, substantial money for. So they're all within the realms of kind of thirty nine ninety nine and up. Yep. All of them, um, I got a trial. And that's yep. what led me to purchase. And overall, I wonder if perhaps through offering trials, people would be more willing to spend good money on good apps as opposed to the whole kind of race to the bottom that we've seen. I mean, let's be fair, there's a lot of trashy apps out there. <laughs> um, maybe it would raise the bar in terms of quality and also raise the bar in terms of people being willing to pay for an app. In yeah. In terms of them being willing to download it in the first instance and then within maybe 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, however long the trial is, I don't know. It, it comes a point when that user doesn't want to be without that app and on the face of it, nine ninety nine seems like good value. Yep. Um, I don't know that that could be quite that could send waves maybe kind of throughout the throughout the ecosystem and maybe hopefully stop the whole expectation of apps being free or almost nothing. Yep, um, that certainly help us indies. I think. I think it would help. I think it would be potentially most beneficial actually over on the iPad um, because one thing I sort of feel when I'm using the, my iPad is that. I want there to be more pro and quality level software there. And it sometimes feels like that there just actually isn't, you know, enough. It's a lot of the reasons I come back and do certain things on my Mac is because the software doesn't exist for the iPad. And I think that um, trials especially would, would help developers in, in that end of things um, to sort of start putting together more, more pro level software for the iPad. So I think that, could actually be one of the areas that that really benefits from it if it becomes a thing. Mm. Um, I think I think I'm kind of tainted a little bit because if I see an app on the iPad that is you know quite a bit of money, let's say above nine ninety nine, yeah, I worry that if I download it and it's paid up front, I just worry that it's going to be really rubbish. Yep, um, and maybe maybe that's kind of because a lot a lot of the other apps that you see on ios are kind of lesser versions of what you might get on the desktop yep and yeah i think if there were trials there that could maybe get me to try expensive apps that actually are worth their money they provide you know good functionality that could be huge that could be absolutely huge for developers so that's kind of my the top of my wish list for wwdc yeah you you can keep your siri speaker in a can thing all all of that give give me trials (laughs) (laughs) I think that would um, I think that would get us out of the uh, sort of push for subscriptions overall as well because I think for some apps a subscription can work absolutely um, but I think for for some apps it's just really not the right model um, and you know having like you say a trial ahead of a a more weighty um, paid up front purchase 
I think that would solve a lot of problems for sort of other business models. Um, so yeah, it would be really good, really good to see that that drop. Fingers crossed. Yep. Okay, that just about wraps up this episode. Um, before we go, Dave, where can people find you? You can find me at underscore Dave Not on Twitter. Um, my two apps you can find. Uh, the first one, Armchair Remote, my remote control for Kodi, you can find at armchair-remote.com. The second app, Space Readers, which is an app to help kids read, you can find at spacereaders.com. How about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's DWRoboHeads with a Z at the end. Um, and you can find my applications at um, RoboHeads, again with a Z, dot com, or specifically for my video mixing app, you can find that at GoVJ.tech. Um, complete with its brilliant website uh, provided by somebody we know, Root Digital, Dave. Well, I've never heard of those. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, Dave. No worries. See you next week. Bye-bye.